Hello, good morning. Today I'd like to share with you a reflection based on the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 to chapter 10, verse 23, which reads, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles, first Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray your brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Yes, we can say, today's message, according to Matthew chapter 9, is also relevant for us. Although this text specifically refers to the sending of the disciples at that time, we can extract principles and applications for our life and this service today. But the first question that arises is, which side am I on? 
Am I among those who can do it, those who are capable of serving, or among those who need to be served? Sometimes we feel so tired or exhausted by life itself that we think we don't have the energy or perseverance to accept this mission of Christ. While we know that we are Christians, believers, we are not sure if we have the gift, talents, or necessary energy for it. In this sense, we must be honest. Not everyone is called to be a missionary disciples like the first disciples of Jesus were. They were ordinary people just like us, but they lived in a special grace of accompanying Jesus and were anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. We also believe in Christ, therefore we call ourselves Christians. We believe, and we believe that the Holy Spirit is present in our lives from the moment we decided to believe in Him. Sometimes we may not feel the true power of the Holy Spirit because we don't live day by day trusting that the Spirit manifests Himself supernaturally. And this lack of faith saddens the Holy Spirit, and therefore we are not witnesses of His real power. And sometimes, although less likely in church goers, it happens that we are in church without truly believing, and our participation in the church is only out of habit and not out of genuine personal conviction. That is why we are challenged by the same Spirit to truly believe and experience God in our lives when we begin to truly believe and open our hearts to Him. This may sound illogical and even shocking to some, but it's a very basic situation. Do we truly believe in Christ as the Son of God? Do we believe in the Bible as His written word? Do we believe in the authority of His word over the lives of believers? Do we believe in what we say, for example, when we recite the creed, that he will come to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end? Surely you know the creed, the Apostles' Creed. Although the creed is not in the Bible, it is simply a summary of our faith that we repeat every Sunday to remember what we believe. A good test to see if we have faith would be to recite word for word, the creed, and truly assess if we truly believe it. If there is any doubt about something in the creed that we still don't believe or cannot accept, it's a sign that we are not truly believing in Christ and his work. It may be something difficult to accept, but that's how it is. It wouldn't be something to worry about if we truly want to believe in God but we do have the opportunity to accept the challenge to believe. As I always say in each of my sermons, no one is forced to believe in Jesus Christ, but the ability to believe in Him is truly a blessing. If we can truly believe, we'll be able to live with the presence, protection, and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I've heard that some people find it difficult to believe, and that is understandable, But just because they cannot yet believe doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. God existed, exists, and will continue to exist regardless of their lack of faith. Therefore, believing is an invitation. It's a challenge. Jesus tells us that when we begin to believe, a before and after happens in our lives. There is a change. 
and that change is for the better. In John 20, verse 31, for example, it says, But these are written, that is the New Testament, the Bible, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. If we have faith, and it seems that we don't have the strength or energy necessary to imitate the apostles, we shouldn't feel bad. Sometimes that lack of energy or courage we feel is simply an acknowledgement that God has given us different gifts than those of the apostles, for example, as we mentioned two Sundays ago. We may not necessarily have been given the gifts of missionaries. However, we certainly have other gifts that God has given us and that we know for certain we have. Those are the gifts that God is asking us to make available to his church. We know, for example, that we often find satisfaction and joy when using our gifts and talents. Gifts and talents are special abilities and capacities that each person has uniquely. When we employ and develop these gifts in activities that we are passionate about and that give us a sense of purpose, it's common to experience a feeling of satisfaction and well-being. When we use our gifts and talents, we feel fulfilled, connected to our purpose in life, and we can make a significant contribution to the world around us. Moreover, using our gifts and talents can lead us to achieve goals, overcome challenges, and experience personal growth. And these are the gifts that God is precisely inviting us to put at the service of the church. Some may wonder if their gifts don't fit the things we do in the church, and I believe I can say they do. There is always something that we have or we are that we can make available to the church for its extension and care. And we can use those gifts in the same way that Jesus invites his disciples to. Here are some possible principles that we can learn from today's reading and put into practice. The compassion of Jesus. Just as Jesus had compassion for the needy crowds, we must also have compassion for those who are lost, wounded, and in need in our world. We should be willing to approach and help those who are seeking truth and hope. We can do this in different ways and often preaching is not necessary for it. The mission to proclaim the gospel. Jesus calls us to share the message of the gospel and be witnesses of his love and grace. We must be willing to talk about our faith and share the message of salvation in Jesus with those around us. When it is said that we can talk about our faith, it doesn't necessarily mean preaching from a pulpit or being a pastor, but rather speaking of our own experience with God when he puts a person in front of us who needs to hear it. Dependency of God. When sending the disciples, Jesus reminded them that they should trust in divine provision that we call in the church providence. Similarly, today we must trust in God in all areas of our life and labor. God will equip us and provide what we need to fulfill the mission he has entrusted to us. And not only will God provide us with resources in the church but or for the church, but he'll also provide us with the things we need to live in our life and family when we put him first. 
overcoming challenges. Jesus warned his disciples that they would face difficulties and persecution. Likewise, we may also encounter opposition and challenges in our journey of faith and service. However, we can find comfort and strength in the promise that the Holy Spirit will be with us and guide us in all circumstances. Every time we want to do something for the church or for the community we live in the name of Jesus, there will always be obstacles. We'll also have to deal with the same problems as the world, but we'll have the guarantee that the powerful force is with us. Let us pray. Our Lord, we understand that the message from the gospel is important for us today. Help us know which side we are on and have strong faith in Jesus' work in our lives. Guide us to use our gifts for serving others, show compassion, share the good news, trust you, and overcome challenges. With the Holy Spirit's presence, protection, and power, may our lives be changed. Amen. Thank you.